Well, it's been an amazing time. Um, I can't believe that it's only been 24 hours since we, we first gathered here together. And God is so good because he packs so much in. And we wanted to be intentional at this conference from the very offset to not wait until Friday night to kind of warm up a bit, but to go in intentionally, to go deeper quickly. And uh, we just want to encourage one another to continue, not only here, but as we go back home to our churches, to continue talking about the things that God is impressing on us. And I'm so thrilled, just to say, as, as uh, we hear from Billy this morning, um, we said it yesterday, but it's important to say again, it's wonderful in terms of being together as family. We have the founders of our movement, Gerald and Anona here, and they are heroes of the faith. And as a church, we want to keep telling the story with actually some of our younger people who won't know the story that many of us know and have been around for decades. We want to celebrate heroes of our faith. Uh, and we're really thankful for Gerald and Anona. I love the fact that we don't just talk about what we do as a movement, but actually we, we hopefully model it. And like leadership is not about status and authoritarian top-down, but a serving. And I love the fact that what I observe and what I've seen of Billy, and particularly as we travel together in, in, with some of the nations, is that servant leadership that Billy has brought. And again, Billy and Caroline, we honour you for all that you have brought to our movement and how you've given yourselves to us over the ten, last 10 plus years. We honour you. And we were super excited about hearing from Ness in the last session. And again, we thank you that you have been prepared to take up the challenge of leading Pioneer UK. And it's great that Rich is here too, because there are pressures on households when you carry such responsibility. Continue to pray for Gerald and Anona, Billy and Caroline, Rich and Ness. So I just want to encourage us to do that. Let's not forget. But we're going to hear from Billy. And Billy has been, as you know, he's, we're going to hear about what he has been responding to, the call of God on his life, which is important for us as a network. It's not just Billy's work over there in the corner. It's for us to embrace what God is doing. And so I want to really honor Billy this morning. It's been a tremendous um, privilege to see him in action and to see just the anointing upon him. So can I ask you to give a huge welcome, and we're going to really enjoy to listen about what God's doing in the nations. Thank you, Linda. Uh, good morning. Good middle of the night to Matt and Sarah, Revive Church in Hesperia, to Alian and Susie in Cuba. Good evening to all of our friends in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, good morning to those in Kenya and Uganda and Zambia who are watching us this morning. And so uh, it's good to be live and global. Okay, well, uh, we, uh, there are some other guests who are with us uh, today from overseas uh, who are partners with us uh, through the School of Ministries, and so particularly I want to welcome uh, Andrew Lendor from Ghana. If you could stand as I read out your name so we can see where you are, Andrew Lendor. Uh, Jacob from the Czech Republic. Is Jacob still here? Basil D'Souza and Benny Thomas from Mumbai, India. Yeah. 
Cliff Matembu and Temba Malaba from South Africa. Ben Tumbeweze from Uganda. This band's for him. Uh, Peter and Anne Chegi and Simon Matuku from Kenya. Ronald Betawan from the Philippines. Is he gone? Uh, David and Aaron, Ar Iris Maniki from South Africa. And uh, Richard Wallace from Madrid, Spain. So it is a privilege to have you guys and ladies with us. Um, these men and women are leading networks of churches, large churches in these places. And so we feel humbled that you would come to our conference and receive the little that we have to give. And so uh, we do honor you and uh, for taking the time to be with us. And we know that there's as, as much, if not more, for us to learn from what God is doing in your nations as what is that we can share and impart from this nation. And so we honor and welcome you. If I just have this uh, first slide, just to say, uh, these are some of the nations that we are beginning to work into. I think what I was struck by getting involved in Pioneer was just the number of nations that individual churches were connected to. Uh, I think these last few years, there's been a shift from connections with individual churches to actually connections at network level. So in all of these places, there are networks of churches that are partnering with Pioneer uh, to, to reach their nation. So that, that's, just, that's the sort of slight shift that has taken place. So uh, a lot of my time is spent in helping uh, apostolic teams come together, uh, discover the gifts that are in the room, uh, serve and support each other, care for churches. Uh, and so it's, it's the shift that's taken place uh, for us as Pioneer. Uh, and so you can see there, uh, we're now working with networks and leaders in Nepal and India and Sri Lanka and Australia and New Zealand and Kenya and Zambia and Uganda and France and Cuba and the USA. And so these are just the beginning of what God is, is sort of doing uh, across the globe. Now, next slide. These are real people. It's not just like, you know, networks, it's people. And, and, and so, you know, from top left, these are some of the leaders in Havana in Cuba. And then we have some of the leadership team from City Church in Russellville, Arkansas, and some of the pioneer Australia leaders. The pioneer Asia core team at the top right. This is Alian and Susie uh, Rojas, who lead the network in Cuba. Uh, this is the team from Revive Church in Hesperia. North of Grand Rapids, uh, that's the leaders of the Lighthouse Community Church in Birmingham, Alabama, and these are some of the leaders of Restoration Church in Colombo. Real people who really have appreciated and are appreciating the connection with Pioneer. So I'm just going to show a little video now, some greetings from uh, Alian uh, in Cuba, and while that's showing, I wonder if um, Rick and Linda and Chabi and Rasika and Andrew and Ruth and Greg and Adam and Chris and Dave Howell could just come down and join me on the stage just while this is showing. Let's show the video. 
Hola, un saludo desde La Habana, Cuba. Soy Alin Rojas, fundador de la Red Jesucristo el Rey. Hace siete años que comenzamos con el trabajo de la Red y hoy somos 30 iglesias en toda la isla. Hace dos años conocimos a Billy y hemos estado comunicándonos. Estamos felices de ser parte de la red eh, pionero y tener hermanos y hermanas en todas las naciones. Sepan que en Cuba estamos plantando nuevas iglesias en las casas, equipando a los pastores, orando los unos por los otros y Dios realmente está moviéndose en toda la nación. Enviamos nuestros saludos y bendiciones para toda la red de pioneros en todas las naciones. Un abrazo. Sweet, eh? Okay, come here, guys, and join me. And so um, these these folk could be here, uh, representing representing pioneer networks in different nations. And so um, this is Chabby. Who leads, uh, who leads Pioneer Asia uh, with Rasika. This is Ruth and Andrew who lead Pioneer Kenya. This is Linda Ward who leads Pioneer Australia. <laughs> Supported by Rick who lives in Australia. And uh, Chris, you met yesterday, and David from City Church in uh, Arkansas, who's been a pioneer church for like 40 years, and so um, was the only pioneer church in, in the States for, uh, for a long time. Wayne Drain, who many of you know, this is the first time he's missed a conference in, in, in 40 years, and so Wayne, if you're watching, we miss you. We send our love to you uh, through the airwaves. So, so tell me this. Um, why, why pioneer? What is it about this thing that has made you want to connect? Well, uh, when I'm here with you guys, I feel family. I feel protected. And then, uh, yes, always uh, inspiring. And, uh, you know, uh, for instance, when Billy comes to Sri Lanka, we feel the, the spiritual atmosphere shift. It's not because... Uh, you know, he's something, you know, different or something, you know. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> but the, the anoint comes with him, changes everything in, in my nation and where I work. I've experienced that. So that impartation uh, changed so many things around uh, what we do in Sri Lanka, what I do in Kandy. So, yeah, that's why Pioneer. Come on. Good, yeah. good, good. Ruth, why, why Pioneer? I would want to say that uh, since we connected with Pioneer, uh, we, we, we enjoy the warmth of relating with fellow ministers. There's this family spirit of togetherness where you share heart to heart, you share the challenges, you share the struggles without feeling ashamed, and you feel like we are part of God's family. Yes. 
So, Linda, I joke that you lead Pioneer Australia, but you actually do. So tell me what, what on earth is all that about? Well, it's been amazing to support um, our brothers and sisters uh, across the waters. Um, and just to say that actually this has been born out of relationship. It hasn't kind of suddenly materialized out of nothing. We've really connected uh, with Rick and Caro and our friends, uh, Rick and uh, Sue, uh, really for the last five years. I think maybe was it uh, a number of years ago, Rick came and stayed in our home and we've had different family members. And as we've gone out, gone out with Colin, Colin and Sadie, you know, relationships have been formed. And when that happens, you can't, you can't, forget that. You can't vanish it. <laughs> um, so actually, out of relationship, which has really been the starting point, uh, in recognizing that actually for Rick does the most amazing work in the city. And I think if you went to his seminar, you would have heard him talk about the incredible work with transformation he's involved with. So actually leading the network at this time has probably been one thing that actually Rick has not needed to do. So actually, there's been a sense of we want to release Rick to his calling um, at, without having to be bogged down with some of the, the all the mechanics, etc., in terms of leading the network. Similarly with Caro, in terms of where she's at, she spoke last year, amazing teacher. Uh, you know, where she's at in time in terms of young kids, actually, it's important that we model a flexibility in our leadership to say, look, it's important to release. That doesn't mean that in time, Rick or Caro might feel, actually, we want to pick this up again. So it's actually in this interim period of recognizing at the moment, um, and we're praying for a leadership in Australia. So I'm living in London <laughs> uh, and uh, supporting the guy. So really we'll be out there twice this year using technology um, and really supporting our brothers and sisters uh, for, the, for this next phase. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, Rick, first of all, why, why Piney? You've been around the block. You know, you, uh, very good. Lindy did very well, uh, how on earth that happened, and some of you are thinking, Australia, where on earth is that? <laughs> um, look, there's a lot of distinctives around different networks and denominations uh, around the world, and uh, one that resonated very powerfully with us was kingdom-orientated, and uh, that we might be catalysts for unity in our cities. And, um, and so that is very unique. You've got to understand that that is very unique. There's not many, I don't know of any in the world now. We live in a small world. We only got the internet on 10 years ago. <laughs> We're not fully aware what's happening all around the world. But what I do know is that is not a distinctive of anyone that I know. That there would be catalysts of unity into our city that the oneness of Christ would emerge. That we would be an answer to Jesus' last prayer and perhaps our oneness might be our witness to the world. And so it's our responsibility to be those catalysts and pioneer that work in our cities and towns uh, that it might ripple through nations. And some of us will be in catalytic cities, and what we do will be very instrumental in what the Lord does in nations. And so uh, that for us uh, resonated very powerfully, and um, you know, perhaps uh, the emergence of the church and the city to prepare the bride for the coming king um, might be very critical for our future. So that is a very powerful distinctive for us that resonates very strongly. And uh, we're very stoked that um, we see that in the leadership here in England. And England's become a great, uh, a great coach for us in how to approach our cities. Amen. Bless you. Bless you. And Chris...
Why Pioneer? Why Pioneer? Why the only church in America for many years? <laughs> I would like to say, yeah, that's right. We're the original Pioneer International Church. <laughs> that's true. Thank you. you. Guys pioneer, pioneer. Yeah, we were Pioneer before Pioneer was Pioneer. <laughs> 40 years ago. Uh, for us, the genuine relationship, so there's never a time that I don't come over that I'm not challenged by the way you're doing life. So I see the passion, I see the hard work, but I see relationship and I see fun and I see the things that I signed up for, that, that we just go for it. So I'm always challenged. Whatever we bring, we go back just as full in our heart to be challenged to go love our people, love our cities well, uh, and have fun while we do it, right? Come on. Come on. And Andrew. Why Pioneer for you? Mm. Yeah, before we joined Pioneer, we were part of uh, Pastors Fellowship in, in our countries, which are wonderful fellowships. Yeah, but Pioneer is unique. The relationship part of it and the kingdom spirit in Pioneer is amazing. You remember every month you talk to me, you speak to me, not to receive instructions, but just to catch up and bless me and encourage me. Every month we speak, not because there's anything so serious to speak, but just catch up. And that father spirit, that mentorship spirit, and then every week I also talk to the leaders of my core team, releasing the same spirit, not because there is necessarily anything to sort or solve, but just to catch up and love people. Yeah, so Pania is great because it is a, a relational network. Some of us came from churches and structures, as Billy says, who are like this. The leadership and this power would come from top. But Pania is just serving. And the kingdom nature, so we're not building our brands or our churches. We are kingdom people. Uh, so we have a big impact in Kenya. Many, many churches uh, are connecting to Pioneer because people are looking for family. People are not looking for titles and where there are names and brands. People are looking for family, a place they can belong and rejoice and be encouraged. Wow. Amen. Thank you all. That's great. So something, something's happening, you know, a few years ago, um, Alan Scott stood on this platform, had a word for us as a network about God changing our geography, and had a word specifically for, for, for Caroline and I about going overseas, and so we, we are following the leading of God, you know, this was never part of the plan five years ago, ten years ago, it just feels like God has been leading us into different contexts, I, I was in Cuba uh, with Rich and Linda Ward and Maggie Oldfield back in January. I was ill. I, had, uh, I'd, I was coughing before COVID-19 was a thing. I could be the carrier. <laughs> it just turned out that the translator was also a doctor, so she was able to diagnose me with uh, viral tonsillitis, um, which you can't, there's, there's no treatment anyway. You just got to you know, work it through. So. So I, I did a weeks of teaching and training every day, um, coughing my, my way through, drinking water, water, water. We got to the final night, and we were in a little church uh, in, on the outskirts of Havana, and 
uh, I just wanted to go home at this point. If, if you've been traveling and, you know, there comes a point where you go, that's it. I have got nothing more to give. I want to go home. So we went in and they sang forever. <laughs> I mean, it was like, like last night, forever. <clears throat> so I then bore some greetings. Mikey Oldfield preached. We prayed for everything that moved. We, we, we anointed them all. And I sat down and thought, right, that's it. I'm done. Nothing else. And then this guy gets up who's a prophet. So I'm going, oh, no. Here we go. It's going to be another hour. Forgive me, Lord. And then he picks me out. And he says, there's something that God is doing through your network. He says, I see chains being linked together across the globe. It's part of God's strategy for, for a new global missions movement. And you're sowing seeds in young apostolic leaders all over the world that will produce much, much fruit in years to come. So don't despise the day of small things because God is at work. And there are days when I go, what on earth am I doing? You know, we're visiting a church of 30 in this nation and 20 in this nation, and, but God is doing something. And we're simply following his leading and his guiding because we are an apostolic movement. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says this, he, God, has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, healings, helping, guidance, different kinds of tongues. First apostles, as, as Andrew said, it's not this, it's this. It's not hierarchy, it's the spearhead. It's the pioneering spirit. An apostolic movement is not simply led by an apostle, but it's full of apostles. It's not simply led by an apostle, it's full of apostles. Our problem is this, is we find it uncomfortable to say, I am an apostle. We don't mind saying I'm a prophet, I'm a teacher, I'm an evangelist, I'm a teacher, but we really find it hard in Britain to say I am an apostle. So I sort of want to demystify the word a little bit this morning uh, and enable us who feel we are called to be apostles to, 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 to own it and get comfortable recognizing that call of God upon our lives. You know, I don't know why we, we, we struggle. Maybe we think it is about hierarchy and therefore it's pride to call yourself an apostle. Maybe uh, we've seen it abused by other people. Um, Maybe we, we, we got a wrong understanding. Maybe we think it is, you know, Billy's an apostle because he leads the network, but, but no one else is. So, so we just got to get some understanding. My friend Peter Butts has written probably one of the best books that I've come across on apostolic leadership. No, seriously. I, like, I've been, I've been teaching all the apostolic for years now, and he's, he's, he's written the book that I should have written. He taught me everything I know. So honestly, it's a great book on apostolic and biblical leadership, and so I would encourage you, it's for sale in the bookshop in the resource section. It's a, it's a great book, and I think Peter's written, it's his third book in his trilogy. Uh, it's called Pentecost Released. And it really is an excellent read on the nature of apostolic leadership. I won't get into the detail here today, but the book does cover an awful lot of it. So, so do get Pete's book. All right? 
Now, for many, many years, I, when I've been teaching this, I have made this, this statement. I've said, a teacher teaches, an evangelist evangelizes, a pastor pastors, a prophet prophesies, but an apostle <laughs> apostles. So I've then got to explain what that is, and I've developed six marks of the apostolic and all that sort of stuff. And then it dawned on me, our problem is language. So the word apostle is literally a transliteration from the Greek apostolos. So they didn't change the word when they translated the Bible. They just kept it as the Greek word, but slightly anglicized. It actually means the sent one. So if they had have used that word rather than apostle, it would say this, and God has placed in the church, first of all, those who are sent. Second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, different kinds of tongues. So a teacher teaches, an evangelist evangelizes, a prophet prophesies, a pastor pastors, and a sent one goes. Makes more sense. The sent one goes. First time we come across the word apostle is when Jesus chose the 12, that they might be with him, and that he might send them, that they might go. It's always about being sent. It's always been about going. So in Matthew chapter 10, he sends out the 12, and Luke chapter 10, he sends out the 72. Acts chapter 1, he says, now you wait here, the Spirit will come upon to empower you so that you might be sent to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, that you might go. Acts chapter 2, the Spirit is poured out on Pentecost. Jews from all over the then known world had gathered for the festival. The Spirit comes upon them to empower them to go and be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And what happened? They stayed in Jerusalem. They didn't go. And so Acts chapter 2, verse 42 onwards is where they are fellowshipping together because it was amazing what God was doing. They stayed put. They sold fields and accommodated each other in their homes. And day to day, they were meeting from house to house in temple courts. For six chapters, they stayed in Jerusalem. Persecution breaks out, and we read this in Acts chapter 8. And on that day, persecution broke out against the church, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. What, 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 what? So I think it was God's provocation to say, you got to go. Get out. Fulfill the mandate. And all except the sent ones went. <laughs> Everyone except the apostles went. So you read on Acts 9, 10, you know, they, they sort of begin to travel and support the works that are going on in different places. You can read about that. I, it's not until Acts chapter 13, I, I think we see what God was after. Antioch. And the church had gathered to pray, and the Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. 
So they prayed, laid their hands on them, and they sent them. Apostles, that's what they do. They go. I think heaven celebrated to say, at last, someone gets it. So off they went. Now, in the days before Google Maps, we had paper Bibles, and at the back of our paper Bibles, we had one of these. Did anyone ever read those maps at the back of your Bible? You did. You did. Come on. I can't say I did. So they went, and in the Bible was like this picture. There was a picture of Israel's journey through the wilderness. Anyway, someone thought it must have been a good idea at some point in time, King James or King Alfred, or I don't know who it was, but anyway. So they went to Cyprus and Perga, Pamphylia, Iconium, Lystra, Derba, Italia, and back to Antioch. And then to Jerusalem and Phoenicia and Samaria, back to Antioch. Then to Syria, Cilicia, Darba, Lystra, Phrygia, Galatia, Troas, Macedonia, Neapolis, Philippi, Thessalonica, Berea, Athens, Corinth, Syria, Ephesus, back to Antioch. Then to Galatia and Phrygia and Ephesus and Macedonia and Greece and Philippi, back to Ephesus. Chapter 21, arrested Jerusalem. The apostles went. The sent ones were sent. You know, Paul made this statement in Romans chapter 15. He said, um, it's always been my ambition to go where Christ was not known. He was looking for the gaps, looking for the spaces, looking where Christ was not, that he might go and be his very presence in that place. Apostles go. They go as ambassadors of a heavenly kingdom, and we need lots of them. We are an apostolic movement. We are a movement full of apostles. There are lots of apostolic people in this room. Lots of people called to be apostles in this room. Some are established and seasoned. And there are young people who have an inkling. And there are older people who feel maybe. And there are middle-aged people who are bored and maybe. I was... 19 years old, I moved to Southampton, was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I stood in my flat up the road, literally 400 yards away from here. The Spirit of God came upon me. I began to weep for what I saw in the precinct. And God said to me, I've called you to be an apostle. I didn't know what an apostle was. But I knew I was called to be one. It took me 30 years to be able to say, I am an apostle. Uh, you know, Richard and Judith Anders joined our movement four or five years ago and brought a confidence in apostolic ministry. I can remember we were in a, in a meeting up here and we were talking about who we were and Richard just made this statement. He says, I am an apostle of Jesus Christ. And we all went, oh, you, can't, you can't say that. So he said to Ness, Ness, say it. And Ness is like, I am... I am, uh, I have a calling to apostolic <laughs> leadership. 
It was hard, wasn't it? It was really hard. Say, no, I, I am an apostle. That's what God has called me to be. And so we need to own the call, identify our place that we're being sent, and we need to go and get moving and see if we are or not. You know, and for some of us, that might be the estate down the road. It might be a neighboring town or village. It might mean relocating. It might mean taking a trip somewhere. I think with today's technology and transportation, you don't always need to relocate. If you read Paul's journeys, he kept on coming back to Antioch because the only option was to go on a, on a long journey. Today, you can jump on a plane well, <laughs> not for the next six months probably, but anyway, beyond that. And you can Zoom and WhatsApp and there's a connectedness. But apostles go, we have to move. Now, I think there's a way we go, and here's why I just want to just leave us with three things about how we go. We've got to go confidently. We've got to go in our authority. We, we carry as apostolic people an authority for breakthrough. When we turn up, barren places become fruitful. Light shines in darkness. Safety replaces fear. Hope replaces despair. Why? Because we turn up. I believe that. And we have to be confident when we go. So Alan Scott had a word. He said, Billy, don't forget New Zealand. So I thought, okay, I'll go to New Zealand. I happened to be in Australia a few months later. So I thought, booked a flight, went to there's a small church there led by Joel and Jen Marsh, who are watching right now on live streaming. Do I hear a whoop whoop? <laughs> City Life Church over here on the right-hand side. Your mum and dad are over here on the left-hand side. And so I just felt God say, go and put your feet on the soil. So I, we went to New Zealand. I said to Jen, take me to the highest place in Christchurch. So we're up this mountain. I took my socks and shoes off and stood on the soil and prayed. And what happened? Well, nothing yet. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, a network of churches will emerge in New Zealand that's because we, we went. Secondly, we need to go responsibly. So, the Apostle Paul was not just interested in disembodied souls. You know, when I see great crusades where a thousand souls are saved, it doesn't, it doesn't particularly impress me. Because um, he was a father who took his responsibility for his children seriously. So we go responsibly. He talked about the concern he had for the church because he was a father. And so we go as fathers and mothers, not as uh, salespeople. You know, when we have kids, we have them for life. It's a lifelong commitment. It involves sleepless nights, dirty nappies, potty training, helping them feed the, themselves, dress themselves, coping with their tantrums, teach them how to ride their bikes, 
taking them to clubs, not nightclubs, you know, but you know, that, 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 that happens as well. <laughs> Helping them navigate puberty, meeting their first girlfriend, boyfriend, being a taxi driver in teenage years, a cash machine. <laughs> I thought when they left home, that would all change. <laughs> no, 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 no. It just gets more expensive. I am no longer a cash machine, I am the bank. <laughs> because we are, we're committed for life. We're not just itinerant ministries who come and go and do conferences, we are family. And so we go responsibly. And apostles have an anointing and a wisdom to build, to create communities that reflect heaven which in turn make Christ known, which is God's eternal purpose. And I want people to look at the communities that we are building and see Christ and go, okay, that's what God looks like. And thirdly, apostles build relationally, go relationally. We're fathers, we're mothers. You know, I was in Australia, uh, Late last year, I met a leader of a church, and I asked them, so where are you connected? And they said to me, oh, my mentor is, and they mentioned someone's name who you'd all know if I said it. I said, wow, that's amazing. Gosh, you're connected to him. How does that, how does that work? Um, how often do you, you know, connect, talk? I don't know, we don't talk. I get his podcasts. And I get a discount to the conference. Oh, right. That's not a father. I'm not sure what that is. Jesus said this, my sheep know my voice. They can pick up the phone and talk to their father or their mother. We go relationally. It's an amazing little verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 when Paul says this, I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and I found the Lord had opened a door for me. Amazing. I had no peace of mind because I couldn't find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye and went on to Macedonia. If that had been us, the Lord's opened an amazing door of ministry, but my mate isn't there. So I'm not going to hang around. I'm going to hang out with him instead. Incredible, isn't Because we go relationally. So Alan Scott had the word for us about crazy paving. I've discovered that Nowhere else in the world understands what that means, apart from Britain. <laughs> like, I've used it in America and Australia, and they'll go, what? What's crazy paving? So I have to try and explain, you know, what it is. But it's just, it feels random. But let me explain how it's working. So there's, there's one church in the States, been over 40 years, City Church in Russellville. And then... I went on a trip with Ness and Adam Kluwer to that church five years ago, and someone in that church had a prophetic word for Adam about, about having feet in two nations, in America and in the UK, and uh, then Chris Abington, about two years ago, had a word for Adam about the, about the east coast of America and like the Mayflower sailing up and down, and so through relationship, Adam moved to America. I think a phone call from a guy in Birmingham, Alabama, and he's the brother of Simba, who's sat at the back here, 
who I met in Kenya. And so Simba's brother has moved to Birmingham, Alabama, who's also called Simba. It's confusing. Simba, what? Simba! So we go visit Simba's church in Alabama, and that's the group I showed you earlier on. And then another church in Hesperia, Michigan, who are watching live on streaming now, heard a talk that Richard Annis did on women in leadership and thought this is the best talk that ever, ever heard in their lives. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and through relationship, made the connection. That's how it works. That's why it's crazy paving, because we go where God joins hearts. We've not got a, like a five-year plan as to, you know, taking on this, this nation. We go where God connects hearts, opens doors, enables family to develop. We go confidently, responsibly, and relationally. That's some of the guidelines for how we go. So as I said, we are an apostolic movement, not just led by apostles, but actually with lots of apostolic people, apostles in the room, and some of us are they. So for you, it might mean prayer walking your local estate, it might mean visiting a neighboring town or village, it might mean taking a trip, it might mean relocating, but apostles go. And if you feel there's a call of God upon your life to go, then the encouragement from Anthony last night is, we've got to go. I, I couldn't say today that you're called to be an apostle. Time, time will tell. You know, um, Paul could just got off and did his thing. He didn't need the title before he got going. And at some point in the, in, in later, he was recognized by the other apostles. It took some time to prove it. And so as, as I was thinking and praying, I felt there's three types of people here that may need to be encouraged to go somewhere. Some of us are older and maybe even early retired. And you think, you've done that? You've transitioned out of leadership even? But I felt God say, it's time to go again. To go again, somewhere. Start again. It's not normal, but it's part of the call to go. Some of us are middle-aged, but stuck in a rut. Same old, same old. You know, we feel that opportunity has passed us by. But it's time to get out of the boat and go. Take a risk. Take a trip. See what happens. And there are some younger people here who have an inkling that maybe God is calling them to go. And my encouragement is, do it. Go. And see what God does. 
Bastante, está bem. We will have time in the final session just to respond to some of the stuff. Take some of that anointing. But we want to be an apostolic movement in deed and not just in name. And so what I'm hoping and expecting is over the next year or two or three or four that people will feel that call of God to go somewhere new and we'll see some new things emerging. And so Holy Spirit, here we are, a family together on a mission to serve your purposes in this nation and in the nations, Lord. We are humbled that you would uh, entrust us with towns and cities, never mind nations, Lord. And so we pray that as each of us takes this sense of call seriously to go to our local estates, to our towns, to our cities, to our nation, to the nations, Lord, anoint us, I pray. Direct us, I pray. Lead us, I pray. Establish your kingdom in and through your people. Lord, for the stirrings in our hearts, I know that you will continue to stir. And over these next few hours, Lord, just cause that to rise up within us as we respond later this afternoon. Lord, that we will receive fresh impartation of your life and of your energy and of your spirit. The spirit that was given to empower us to be witnesses and to go beyond our own comfort zones. And so, Lord, we trust you for your leading and your guiding, your empowering and your provision. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you.